Welcome to a talk from St. Saviour's Sunbury. We hope you are really blessed by hearing it. Good morning. Good, we're awake. Now, this morning I had a lovely little eight-month-old smiling at me. So she's not here now, so it's your turn. I've got Bar Barney and Amy. I don't need any more than Barney and Amy. If you want to know how it's done, you watch them. They smile at me. We're going to start. We're going to read from Exodus chapter 20, if you'd like to turn to that, if you've got your Bible, if you've got your phone. I'm going to try a different version. The NIV will come up on screen, I suspect. Uh, I'm going to try the ICB for a change. The ICB. Do you know what the ICB is, Tom? suggesting it's a ballistic missile. I like the idea of the Bible being a ballistic missile. Exodus chapter 20, first 17 verses. Then God spoke these words. I am the Lord your God. I brought you out of the land of Egypt where you were slaves. You must not have any other gods except me. You must not make for yourselves any idols don't make something that looks like anything in the sky above or on the earth below or in the water below the land. You must not worship or serve any idol. This is because I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God. A person may sin against me and hate me. I will punish his children, his grandchildren, and his great-grandchildren. But I will be very kind to thousands who love me and obey my commands." You must not use the name of the Lord your God thoughtlessly. The Lord will punish anyone who is guilty and misuses his name. Remember to keep the Sabbath as a holy day. You may work and get everything done during six days each week, but the seventh day is a day of rest to honor the Lord your God. On that day, no one may do any work, not you, your son or daughter, or your men or women slaves. Neither your animals nor the foreigners living in your cities may work. The reason is this. In six days, the Lord made everything. He made the earth, sky, sea, and everything in them. And on the seventh day, he rested. So the Lord blessed the Sabbath and made it holy. Honor your father and your mother. Then you will live a long time in the land. The Lord your God is going to give you this land. You must not murder anyone. You must not be guilty of adultery. You must not steal. You must not tell lies about your neighbor in court. You may, must not want to take your neighbor's house. You must not want his wife or his men or his women slaves. You must not want his ox or his donkey. You must not want to take anything that belongs to your neighbor. How have you done this week with that last commandment? Uh, Ron encouraged us last week to turn from covetousness to contentment. He's reminded us that the green may look greener on the other side, but the, uh, the grass is greener because it's been watered. So, we're going to be content. And if we're content, we're not actually going to have any problems with stealing at all. Because we're not going to want those things. Or are we? What does it mean if I say steal? What is the first image that comes into your mind? Somebody shout at me. Somebody going through a window. Thank you, Serena. A bit like this? Yeah? Is that what comes into your head? 
when you think about stealing? It's all about the physical possessions, isn't it? I'm getting a shake of the head over there from Mimi. No? Yeah. <laughs> Just checking. <laughs> I've put my glasses on now. You see, I can see the back row when I, before I could only see the front row. However, it does mean I can't always see my notes. Um, so if I fall off the stage, that's why. But that's what it's like. And it's the physical stuff they take, but it's more than that, isn't it? I am really lucky to say I have never been burgled, but I know that if somebody came into my house, I did have a panic one day. Uh, we'd taken our son, Ed, when he was about sort of this high, uh, to cycle club. And we'd left the house at eight o'clock in the morning, and we got back at one o'clock in the morning, at one o'clock at lunchtime, so we'd been out for about five hours. And as we pulled up outside the front door, we noticed it was wide open. And just that panic that set in. Luckily, I think, I don't know what people had thought, but nobody had been in our house, nobody had stolen anything, but that panic, that panic of somebody coming in and taking something that belongs to you, somebody intruding on something that is special to you, just that not knowing. Stealing can be like that. I told the congregation earlier that I've done the, th the thieving thing. Thanks, Kath. Anybody remember this doll? Cindy. Who was a Cindy girl? Yeah, forget. <laughs> Ron put his hand up. Because there's that song, isn't it? I'm a Barbie girl. But in, when in my day, you were either a Cindy girl or a Barbie girl. And I was a Cindy girl because she was the best. And this was my favorite um, outfit that Cindy wore. It was her Bay City Rollers alike outfit. Do you remember them, Serena? Yes. Weren't they cheerful? Didn't they cheer you up? If I'm ever depressed, I just put my Bay City Rollers album on and I'm okay. I promise not to dress in tartan. And one day when I went to put my uh, Cindy doll in her outfit, one of the shoes was missing. Now, when you bought a Cindy outfit, you always got matching shoes, and they were different depending on what you wanted, but these ones were the ones that went with this outfit, and I couldn't find one of them anywhere. I was absolutely distraught. Sometime later, I was in Woolworths, and I was looking at the Cindy outfits, deciding what I was going to buy next time I got my birthday money. And it was a lot of money to buy a Cindy outfit. I reckon it was six or seven pounds. And I'm talking 45 plus years ago. That was a lot of money then. And as I looked at these outfits, there was a shoe just there out of its box. And I sort of looked around, there's nobody looking. In my pocket it went. And I took it home. Did it make me happy? No. I'd never stolen anything before. What was worse was I was in Woolies. My mum had worked in Woolies before she had me. She knew everybody. My dad ran a business in the town. Everybody knew him. The shame if I was caught. There was no peace for me, no peace of mind that week. I'd got the item, but the peace in my heart had gone. It had been stolen. Next week, you'll be glad to know, I took the shoe back and replaced it. But all these years on, I still have that memory of how I felt taking something that didn't belong to me and the shame of potentially being found out that I'd done that. 
We all steal things. Well, we can steal things from time to time. What about these things? Sauce sachets is my, my favorite. Come on, you've done it, haven't you? You've gone to the shop, you've bought your food, you've taken one for now, or maybe a second just in case, and well, while I'm here, I'll, I'll just have two or three to go in the car. You can go and have a look in my car. We do it. We take things that we don't need and they don't really belong to us. What about the surplus that's at the back? Do we take more of that than we need? Do we steal it from somebody else who actually really needs it? Do we end up throwing it away at the end of the week? Do we never put any money in the bucket that's there? What about money? Do we steal that? It's back. The pie chart is here. Before Christmas, we talked about what we stole from, what we took, what we gave to God. Did we give everything we were supposed to, everything that he gave us? Do sometimes we steal by not giving that sin of omission rather than commission? Do we take things because we withhold them? There are lots of things we can withhold from God. We can steal not including money, and uh, time and talents. How much time do you give to God? In, when we had our life group leaders meeting recently, we were talking about the Bible in a year. And so many of the leaders were saying, my, my um, group members just, just don't want to do it. It takes too much time. And I'm thinking, well, I can do it in 15 minutes a day. How much time... Do we steal from God? If that Sabbath thing, which we're going to talk about another Sunday, how much do we actually give him that time? And what about your talents, the things you're good at? Do you use those for God? Did our gifting evening recently, we had lots of people who came and identified what their talents were. I had an amazing um, God incident this week. I was preaching on a Wednesday, and as I left to go to work, I got a message to say a meeting had been cancelled. I thought, great, I can go for a walk. So I went for a walk, and as I was walking uh, near my home, I heard somebody shouting at me, um, sort of insulting me, so I thought, okay, that's, that's got to be you know, somebody from church, um, <laughs> in a nice way, because she gets my sarcastic type of humour. I said, I've been waiting to talk to you. It's all your fault. And you go, oh, God, what have I done now? Well, actually, she, first of all, she blamed Ricks. She said, I've got this gifting questionnaire, and I don't believe it. And I need to talk to you because you need to tell me what it is. So I said, okay. So she, she, she said, I don't believe it. I've done it three times. I've got the same answer. I said, okay. This probably means it's the right answer then. Let's have a think. I said, don't tell me. Let me think what your gifts are. And so I stood there. And we'd already been talking about 15 minutes at this time. And I said, okay, I think the first one is this. And she goes, no. I said, yes. She said, that was my first one. I said, okay, let's have a go at the second one. And she goes, you got that one as well. How did you do that? I said, but because you just told me this. And because you said that, I know that's that. I said, come on, she's coming the third one. Can you get the third one? And I did. The third one was harder, and I definitely had to stand there and pray for God to tell me what the third one was. 
And then we spent 15 minutes unpacking her gift and understanding that God had given her those things and God wanted her to use those things. And yes, I'm familiar enough with a questionnaire to be able to guess what somebody's gifts are. But that third one was definitely God speaking that into me. And being able to give her that gift. And then challenging her to say, what are you going to do with it? Now you know what those things are, and now we've spent 20 minutes unpacking it. Go and talk to these people. Go and make sure you do something with it. Because if we withhold those things that God's given us, we are stealing. God has given us these things to use, not to keep and to polish. As a kid growing up, we had a big sideboard in our house. And we never went in there very much, and there were sort of all these piles of china. And when my dad died, I cleared it out, and I got this china out, and I thought, 45 years, we never used that china. Why is it there? I don't even know the story. Why was it so important to my dad that when he threw everything else out, he didn't throw this out? What do we keep that God has asked us to use? What do we steal? Or what do we have stolen from us? And I want us to look at it both ways. When this verse was written, slavery was a real issue. People being taken for others. But how much do we try and control others? How much do you keep people doing things your way? This is the way we're going to do it. How much do you have people running around after you? And how much are you listening to the lies that others are telling you you need to do? I felt God saying to me as I was sitting that actually for this service, the things that I want to challenge most of all are the lies that you're letting people tell you to steal some things for you. That for some of you, people are having control over you. And that's really not on. They might do it in the right way. They might even come up to you and say, I, God's told me that you've got to be freed from this. And you think, well, God freed me from that ages ago. You're putting it back onto me. What are you letting people steal? Your peace, your heart. Putting you back into a box, controlling you the way they want to control you. How do they do that? Thanks, Kath. Sometimes they do that because they steal your good name. Sometimes we do it. In Othello, William Shakespeare wrote, Who steals my purse? Steals trash. It's something, nothing. But he that filches from me my good name robs me of that and makes me poor indeed. Who's stealing your good name? I used to be in an abusive relationship and my husband thought nothing of saying, if you do that, that's my ex-husband, not my current one. Let me just get that right now. If you do that, I'm going to tell about you. How much do we let people steal things from us? How much do we do that? Go, Stuart, do you know what Ron did this week? Yeah. 
And we're good at gossiping the bad stuff. Do you know, Ron was three minutes late when he started that service on Wednesday morning. It's really not good enough. Instead of saying, do you know what? Ron was having such a deep, prayerful conversation with somebody that he needed to do, that we were a bit late starting because he needed to finish that. We're so good at saying what's bad, we're not good at saying what's good. We enslave rather than free. Do we like doing this? Are we a master of the put-down or a mistress of the put-down? I'm really not very good at it, which I sometimes think is is bad because I don't have an answer for things. But how much have we humiliated people by putting them down? I have to be really careful because my sense of humor is sarcastic that I don't put people down. And that people don't take things the wrong way. That when I'm joking, I am joking and I'm not having a sideways swipe at them. Because it's so close. Do you do that to people? Or do people do it to you? What about trust? Do we steal trust? Do we trust this man? No? (laughs) We haven't got any estate. I don't think we've got any estate agents in the church, have we? Oh, we have. Oh, Arnold. I'd let Arnold sell me a house. But some people, we wouldn't. We assume that when we get that out, that estate agent's particulars, and it says, it's cozy. That means I'm not going to be able to stretch my arms out. So we have no trust. But have you ever passed off a shop-bought cake as your own? Well, there's not nervous laughter in this service. There was in the last one. You should have seen them all going. What do we do? A friend of mine found out that somebody in her family had been doing this for years, that when they had a family gathering and this person bought this amazing cake, the person had actually been to Selfridges and bought this cake, had put it in a cake tin, had sprinkled icing sugar on the top, and had um, just arrived with it. She'd never actually said she made it. But, hmm, do we steal trust from people? What's next? One for the oldies. Do you remember these? Did you use, did you use those two buttons at the same time? Yes. You know, I'll just explain for the youngsters. So, <laughs> in the good old days when we had tape machines, when I was a kid and uh, you wanted some music, you couldn't go to YouTube, <clears throat> excuse me, you couldn't go to YouTube and watch it for free. You couldn't download it. You had to go to the shops and buy it. So if you didn't have any money and you wanted some, you got your tape recorder and you listened to the radio and when that song comes on, you quickly rush to press play and record to record that song. It was totally illegal, but who's still got tapes? Yes. We steal things. Who photocopies more pages from books than they're supposed to? Yeah, we've done it we can't afford to buy them. We've stolen intellectual property, even we run jokes about how he was quoted, misquoted. But stealing somebody's intellectual property, stealing something that somebody said. And how do we feel when somebody's done it to us? 
Sometimes I'm quite happy when somebody quotes me because I thought, well, at least they're listening. The fact that they haven't then attributed me, I'm going, okay, God, I'm going to be humble about this one. I'm just going to take it as a personal victory. But do we still, do we recognize that that person has put lots of thought into it and has stolen it? What about this one? Do you still time? Do you have time taken from you? In the organization I work for, we very often go um, minute to minute for meetings, and I have to leave one and then miraculously walk five minutes to the next meeting and get there before I left the last one. And then the person I'm meeting with wants to go 10 minutes over to make up for the five minutes I was late. We still time. We don't recognize that people have got things to do, that they need to move on to something else. Do you give people enough time, the time that they have set aside for you? If they've said, yeah, we're going to meet for this time, are you there on time? What about this one? Hopes and dreams. Have you had any stolen? Have you had those things you desperately wanted to do and you were told, no, you can't do that, you're not good enough? Or have you given them up? I wanted to be a teacher. My dad told me I wasn't patient enough. Instead of helping me to become patient, instead of finding something I could use, he just told me I wasn't good enough. Go and do this instead. When have we stood on somebody else's dreams? We kid ourselves. We say, I'm just being realistic. What things are you holding? You think, I wanted to do that so badly. One of the things I get privileged to do with people is help them find what they want to do with their lives. And I often say, what did you want to do when you were 11? And they tell me, and their face lit up. And they said, yeah, and I still want to do it. And so we work out how they can go back to when they were 11 and do that. What are those dreams that you've had crushed? What about this one? Joy. (sighs) Have you ever come just so in raptures about something, whether it's a new haircut or something else? And somebody says, oh, I wouldn't have worn that. Maybe I would have seen better. Maybe it's about something else. Somebody's stolen your joy. Was it Lutchens that said, don't have anything in your house that you believe to be beautiful or know to be useful? Or it was, I don't know, one of those interior designers. What do we think when we let somebody else tell us what is useful or beautiful? When Steve comes and tells us, look, they're taking Bibles into school, And we go, oh, that's nothing. They've been in our school for years. Instead of saying, wow, and celebrating. Or what about this? Our initiative in our individuality. When we're told, no, you've got to do it this way because this is all we have to do. This was how we do it. Don't think creatively. Don't be different. Be like this. 
or this one. Personal space. You're getting a bit close and cozy in that row. We try and get in too much into somebody's life. We impose ourselves on others without letting them be. What have you stolen? And what do you get stolen from you? I'd like you to consider that this week as a starter, as a thought starter. What have I stolen from others? What have I had stolen from me? And what am I going to do about that? How am I going to change? Maybe how am I going to make reparation? Because we're called more than not to steal. We are called to give. In Deuteronomy, the Israelites were told, the, the, the Israelites were told, if you see somebody's sheep straying, hold on to it till you can give it back. If you see somebody's coat, hold on to it until you can give it back. Not hold on to it and think good things because you've now got a new coat. How can I give? How can I go beyond and give to people? And Jesus said in Matthew, if anyone wants to sue you and take your shirt, hand over your coat as well. I really pray this morning because I feel there's somebody here that's really struggling with something that they've had taken from them. That God can show you that people want to give it back that we all get amazingly good at giving to others rather than taking from others. To go beyond being the contentment we had last week into being that generous giver. There are loads of things we can give. We can give our money and our time. We can give our praise, our encouragement. We can give dignity and respect. We can give freedom and honesty. Out of love this week, give to others. Help them recover what has been stolen, stolen from them. Give them God's love and show that through the way you live your life. Tom's going to lead us in prayer. For more information, please go to www.stsaviorsunbury.org.uk.